So, you know, so it's kind of interesting, right? So sometimes whole generations of people wait for change to happen in this world. And I don't know, I don't know how you are. I, I would like the world to change. Would anyone like the world to change? Yeah. Do you think we're going in the right direction? No. Do you think we're falling off a cliff? Wouldn't you like to change that? Yeah, I mean, right? Uh, there was this movement back at the beginning of the 20th century, as we were going from the 1800s to the 1900s, there was this movement that said everything's getting better. Everything in the world is going up and to the right. And they had this sort of idealistic view that's like everything's going to get better and better and better. And then World War I happened. It was at, at that point, it was called the Great War. And that just kind of shot everything to pieces because they realized, wow, we can't even get along with one another. You know, and how are, we ever gonna, how are things going to get better if we just keep having these big wars we're fighting one another and that kind of thing. And so they sort of gave up that idea that everything's getting better. And if we just keep waiting for the world to change, it's not going to change. Somebody has to step in and do something about it to make a change. And we just thought maybe that should be us. For the last uh, five weeks now, we've been talking about this thing that we're calling Next Ten. It's an opportunity to change the world. Our mission here at Lakeside Church, if you've been with us very long, you know this. If you're newer with us, let me just kind of bring you into the, into the agenda for us. The mission of Lakeside Church is to transform as many people as possible into passionate and productive followers of Jesus. It's about heart change. It's about something that goes on in here. And nothing ever changes out there until something changes in here. If we want the world to change, we have to have something change in us, right? That, that makes sense. And if you've read the Bible very much, you go, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's kind of how that works. Well, in this journey, we're talking about the next 10 years and how do we influence the next 10 years and how do we make a difference in our culture and in our community and in this world? How do we do that over these next 10 years? We're talking about these projects, big projects, and the projects come with price tags that are really big. And if you're a guest today... It's a, little, it's a little intimidating for me as I think about, okay, someone's coming in brand new to church, and we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about a lot of money, and people go, I knew it. I knew that's what church is about. You invited me. You talked to your friend. You invited me, and all they want is my money. It's like, I know that's what you think when we come into these things. So if you're a guest, I think we have earplugs in the back. You just put, your ear, just put some earplugs in for the rest of the time, and let us talk about this, okay? And you can just kind of peek in and, and watch if you want to. But here's the deal. We want to change the world, and we think there's, a, there's some cost to the projects we want to do to make that difference. And so we're, let me just kind of remind you of the projects. We're talking about global impact. We're talking about mission projects that will change the world. We're talking about building a school in Malawi that will help the poorest of the poor children in the town of Indorande, Malawi. It's not going to change the whole world, but it's going to change that world, and it's going to be remarkable. We're talking about building a water project in Ethiopia for children in Ethiopia so that girls, little girls are able finally to go to school because they don't have to go so far to carry water any longer for the family. And we know, the research says that that whole culture will rise when those little girls start to go to school with their brothers who are already going to school. Everything changes when that happens. We're talking about raising funds to build to help build a building here in Folsom on the campus of Theodore Judah Elementary School. So the, so the public school system has approved a building for this Christian ministry called Folsom's Hope on the campus of Theodore Judah School. It's going to be remarkable. We're trying to raise some funds to make that project happen. And so it's not just in Africa that we're trying to make a change. It's right here in our community that we're trying to make a change. We're trying to raise funds to be able to develop a, a student 
uh, training program, an internship training program. It's called Protege. So that maybe over the, next, over the next 10 years, we might be able to train up 100 young leaders for the church so that they will go into, the, into ministry roles as pastors and teachers and missionaries and all those kinds of things that the church needs to be able to advance the gospel around the world. That's going to be a world-changing proposition. And then, of course, we're trying to pay down some debt. We're trying to say, we've got we to let the next generation be free of the debt that we're creating. And so we're going to pay some of that debt down and say, God, get us free from that. Let's just, let's get some ministry freedom for us as we walk down the road together. Big projects, and it's a big chunk of money, and it's, a, it's like huge. How's that ever going to happen? Of course, I was reading this morning in, in my own devotionals as I'm walking through the scriptures. I've been going through the Gospel of John, and I got to John chapter 20, uh, John chapter 20 today, and it's all about resurrection. And I believe if, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, God can do anything. So there's nothing that God has asked us to do or asked us to walk into that's impossible for him to do. And we want to do these things to change the world. Now, before we go on to, to that whole process, I want to I kind of back the truck, truck up a little bit. And I want to get us focused on the heart of the thing before we do the act of the thing. Right? All the big stuff. Let's talk, let's, let's set the big stuff aside for a minute, and let's just talk about the heart. Let's talk about this small thing right here, and how that gets shaped for us. There's a passage in the book of Micah that I'd like you to see today, Micah chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, why don't you pull it out and turn to Micah chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, there's some on the chair next to you, so you can reach over and use one of those. You can have that copy. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, we'd love you to have one. Uh, if you've got it on your smartphone or your tablet or something, you can pull it out with that too. That's fine. Micah chapter 6, uh, starting at verse 6. Listen to what the, this Old Testament prophet says. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. If you were to go back into the time of Micah and you would look at his life and the life of Israel, the nation that he prophesied to, if you were to go back into that culture and look around, you would find that Micah lived in a time where everything was broken. Nobody was following God. Nobody's following through on, following through on their commitment to God. They were just all doing their own thing and they were all messed up. And far from everything going up in this direction, everything was really going in that direction for the nation of Israel. And Micah is speaking to them and saying, you guys have to grasp this. We need to make a change. He says, you're coming to God, and you, and you got all this, you got all these religious things that you do. He says, but let me just get you to stop and think about what you're doing. What does God really want from you? He goes, I could come to God. I could bring a thousand rams to God. How would that be as an offering? Okay, any sheep farmers here? Not so much, right? I'm not either, and so I don't know anything about this. So I did research. I know how to do research. I don't know how to raise sheep, but I know how to do research, right? I found out that you can buy a ram for about, 100, for about 300 bucks. 
But one, one ram, one, you know, adult male sheep, 300 bucks. He says, if I, if I offered 1,000 rams to God, what kind of offering would that be? Do the math. $300,000. Whoa, that's a big offering. He goes, I could bring an offering like that, 1,000 rams to God. I could give that offering. Is that what he wants? And he goes on to the next thing. He goes, I, I could offer God 10,000 rivers of olive oil. Would that be good? I think it would just be slippery. I, I don't, you know, I, what, what's, what's 10,000 rivers of olive oil? I, I did a little research on this too. I found out you can go to Trader Joe's and you can get a bottle of extra virgin California estate olive oil, 17 ounces for $5.89 a bottle. If I were to offer 10,000 bottles of olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, I could do that for 5,800, a lot of money. You do the math, okay? And then he says, and 10,000 rivers, not bottles, rivers. How many bottles does it take to fill a river? Go over to the American and figure that out. A lot of bottles go to make a real river, right? We don't have a real river anymore. We have a creek. Maybe 1,000 bottles to, to start filling up one river. I don't know, maybe a million bottles. I don't know. But it's a big offering, and, and the stakes are going up. They're going higher. And then he goes, you know... I could give a bunch of rams, I could give, I could give rivers of olive oil, whatever. What if I just gave my firstborn? I'm going to come to God, I'm going to offer to God something really great, I'm going to keep raising the stakes. What if I just give to God my firstborn? That would be a gift, wouldn't it? That would be remarkable. He goes, I'd give the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. What an exchange. And then he makes an implication by changing the path that he's taking us on. He makes an implication. He says, all those big things are great, and God has asked for offerings. He's asked for sacrifices, but none of those get to the heart of the issue. Those are just projects. What about the heart of the issue? And then he gets to this. He says, he, God has already shown you, O mortal, He's already shown you what is good. The Hebrew word for good is the word tov. It's a word that can mean good. It's often translated good, but it's often translated generous. He has shown you, oh mortal, what is generous, what is, what is good by way of generosity. We're talking about next to him, we're talking about unleashing generosity to change our world. He says, God has already shown you what is generous. Well, a thousand rams would be generous. Or 10,000 rivers of olive oil, that would be generous. Or giving give my firstborn, that would be overwhelmingly generous in terms of what the price is. But he says, but God has already shown you what is generous. It's none of those things. What is generous, what God really wants from us and for us, God wants this. He says, I want you to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with your God. In a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to ask you to get up, and I'll describe it before we get there. And again, if you're a guest, I'll help you kind of walk this through so you're not on the spot or anything like that. But in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to get up and come to one of these square barrels up here and ask you to make a commitment and make an offering. And that will help get the projects done. But before the offering ever happens, before the commitment ever gets made, there has to be something that goes on in our heart. 
and Micah says it looks like this. He says, God wants us to act justly. Justice is when those who have power use it for the benefit of those who don't have power. It's when those who have resources use them for the benefit of those who don't have resources. It's when God's people say, we will pursue in our life, in our in our world, in our community, through our church, we will pursue doing what is right for others. We're so often driven on doing what's right for me, what's best for me. Justice is when I do what's right for others. And he says, Micah says, this prophet says, God is honored when his people pursue justice. He says, I want you to act justly. I want you to take action that is right on behalf of others. I want you to act justly. I want you to love mercy. The Hebrew word for mercy is, is this beautiful world word. It's, it's the word chesed, which is really not a beautiful word to say. It sounds like you got something in your throat. But chesed, it means, it, it's the word that's most often translated in the scriptures, loyal love or loving kindness. Or in the New Testament, we might clo most closely translate it with the word grace. I want you to love grace. I want you to love mercy. I want you to love loyal kindness. Loyal love to others. I want you to love that. I want you to embrace that. I want you to live that out. Act justly. Love mercy walk or live humbly with your God. You don't have to be God. In fact, God would prefer that you didn't think that you were God because you would mess that up. No offense, I would mess it up too. When we're, we're not God. God never designed us to be God. Sin comes into the world when we say, I'd like to be my own God, and we mess it up. God says, yeah, I don't want you to be God. I just want you to, I want you to live humbly with your God. I want you to walk humbly with your God. It's fascinating. The word humility and the word human come from the same root word. God just says, I want you to be human. I want you to be a real human. I want you to be a real human with a real heart that beats for real other humans. And I want you to walk with your God that way. My best relationship with God, my best journey with God happens when I humble myself before him and I say, God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I want you in my life. I want to live my life as an act of worship. Let's walk. Act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. And Micah knew that when the people of God, the people of Israel, now the people of the church would, would live out those things, Micah knew that that would unleash a kind of goodness, a kind of generosity that would change the world. And I believe that's God's calling for us. Okay, we've got big projects. We want to do big things. It's going to be exciting and wonderful and amazing and great. But it all begins right in here. Just humble mercy. That's how I think about it.
How, what does God want from me? Just humble mercy. Just humble mercy. Because just humble mercy can change the world. It changes the world one person at a time. It changes the world in my heart. And then from my heart to one other person, it changes that person's world. And from that person, it goes to the next person. When all of us band together and we live out our lives with just humble mercy, then it begins to change bigger groups of people. And it changes the world. So we're about to give our commitments for next 10. I'm going to walk you through that process. But before we get there, would you just stop for a minute and check your own heart? Just dial it in with God on the subject of Micah chapter 6 and just say, God, that, that's, that's where I need to be. If I'm missing that, if I'm falling short of that, would you, God, just readdress this thing in here? Readjust this thing in here so that my life is lived out in just humble mercy. And let's see what God does. All right, we are going to uh, give our commitments to next 10. Now, again, if you're a guest, I'm going to explain how you can be involved in this. So, you know, we're not going to spotlight anybody. But let me, let me walk this through. You'll find in the chair pocket in front of you, you'll find a next 10 commitment card and an envelope. And I'd love you to take out one of each of those. One, you, one for, for family. You can each pull one out if you want. That's fine, however you want to do that. And let me just walk this through with you so you know what's going to happen. So no one's, you know, you're not... Like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Whatever. Let me just kind of walk it through and see if I can answer your questions before we get to the part where we're actually going to give these to the Lord together. Right at the top of the Next 10 card, it says this. We have prayerfully decided to make a three-year financial commitment of this amount. So, again, background, here's the deal. We're trying to make a three-year commitment that's going to change the world for the next 10 years and beyond that. So whatever we're committing to today, this is like a three-year journey. And I know my wife and I are doing two weddings this year for our daughters, and so some of our giving is not going to happen until year two and three. It's like, okay, that's fine. But here's my total that I'm going to give. So just write that down the top there. Then give us your name, address, serial number, whatever it asks for on those kind of the, the personal information part, right? Just give us that stuff. That's important to us just to kind of follow along with you and how you're doing with this and uh, just making sure you get the right record keeping and that kind of thing. Then about halfway down it says, for the purpose of Lakeside's planning over three years, we will contribute. And then it just talks about the plan. Giving happens better with a plan. Giving happens less well haphazardly. And so we just want to help you kind of walk through a plan. Do you plan to give your next 10 commitment above and beyond your normal giving? By the way, that's, you know, that, I don't, that may just be a, maybe I don't have to say that, but maybe I do. You know that old phrase, um, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Do you know that's a church phrase? No, really, did you ever think about that? It's about robbing the apostle Peter to pay the apostle Paul. And he goes, that, that doesn't work. You can't take it from one fund to give it to the other fund. That doesn't work. So this is in addition to our regular giving. Understand that. But I'm going to give weekly. Or I'm going, we're going to give monthly or quarterly or annually. Or we're going to give one gift that's going to be the, the whole gift for our project. Any of that is fine. Just let us know. And kind of dial that in for yourself. You might also say, well, we want to give a, a non-cash gift. We've had people over the years... Uh, in this kind of adventure, we've had people give stock, we've had people give property, things like that. That's all fine. Just let us know how that's going to work so we can track that and, and know what's going on there. And then, th and then the next line says, for a total of, and I want you to give us a total again. You're like, I already gave you the total. It was at the top. It's fantastic when the number on this line and the number on the top match. 
but they don't always. So make sure those two match so we'll know that's the total over three years that you're, you and your household, you're going to commit to give. Okay? Then it says, we would like to designate our pledge to the following initiatives. We thought, as we're going through this thing, we thought, you know, it would be great if we'd be able to let people choose. This is the project that moves me. This is the one that inspires me. So some of you are really inspired by the mission projects in Malawi and Ethiopia and Folsom's Hope. And you go, that's what we want to contribute to. Fine, just designate that. Or some of you go, I really want to, I want to invest in young leaders. Okay, great, you can designate that. Or some of you say, I'm really into the church's debt getting reduced and removed, and I want to contribute to that. That's fine as well. You choose. Or you might say, you know, we trust the church leadership. And you're not saying you don't trust the church leadership, by the way, if you say, I want to go the other direction. Okay? You're not saying that. I hope you're not saying that. But, you, you know, you, you might say, hey, I like all three projects. You guys put it to where it needs to go, and we'll just follow the directions that we put in the brochures that we passed out a couple of weeks ago um, to make that happen. So you decide which of those categories you want your commitment to go toward. And we'll honor those designations that you make. And that's all, that's all the card. That's all helpful. Uh, you're just about done. Except that there might be some of you in a couple of different places in your life. Some of you are brand new to Lakeside today, maybe, or maybe in the last couple of weeks, you're like, I'm not really sure about this thing yet. I'm, I don't think I'm prepared to give to anything financially. And I would just say, that's fine. What I'd like you to ask you to do, if you're newer with us and you're just not ready for this kind of commitment, or if you're in the place where you'd say, oh, man, our, our income has gone down over the last year or two or three or five or something. We don't, we don't have the resources. We're barely scraping through, and we can't do anything. And that's fine, too. I mean, it's not fine for you. I would pray for you that, that that turns around. But we're not here to judge anyone's capacity to give. And so what I'd like to ask those two groups of you, or someone who just says, you know, I'm not moved by this whole project. Let me ask you to do one more thing. You can say, I will commit to pray for this journey. I'll commit to pray for it. And some people look at prayer and they go, well, the least I can do is pray. I'm like, that is not the least you can do. That's the most you can do. Prayer is not a last resort. It's a first resort. And so if you were to say, our commitment is going to be to pray for this process, that would be a fantastic thing. I just want you to write that across the card. We will pray or I will pray. And all I ask is, if you make a commitment to pray for this journey for the next three years, that you really keep that commitment and you pray like crazy. That God would fulfill what we're doing and we would be able to fulfill what we're doing in our commitments. Is that good? And so we're going to have people come up to these buckets in just a minute. I'll describe that soon. But we're going to have you come up. I'd love to have everybody come. Even if you're a first-time guest, come and just put a card and say, I'll, I'll pray for you. I don't know what this is about at all. But I'll pray for you in the midst of this. So everyone gets to come, everyone gets to participate, everyone gets to make some commitment today that I believe moves us in the direction of just humble mercy. All right? When you get that card done, uh, go ahead and fold it up, stick it in one of those um, envelopes for the offering, and you're almost ready. Although there's one more thing. Don't seal that envelope yet. We're also going to give another offering. Sean already told you that today. We're going to give an, a second offering. We almost never do this, but on this day... We're going to give this second offering. This is going to be called our first fruits offering. It's the first offering for the next, next 10 journey, right? It's our first gifts. In the Old Testament, they would bring their first crops from the harvest. And they'd say, God, here's the first. We hope you're giving more. We believe you're giving more. But here's the first. Here's our offering of the first. And we want to do that as well. It's a great celebration of what God is doing among us. 
Uh, we've set a goal for today for this offering. We want, we're hoping that in this one weekend, we would be able to give $200,000 or more. If we can give $200,000, we're going to take that first two hundred dollars and we're going to write a check to Malawi. And we're going to say to them, this week, go buy that property and start building that school. That would be amazing. Yeah, you like that, right? It's awesome. So that's what our offering is. So if you want to write another check and you want to get that process started, you can put that in the envelope as well. Then in a moment, we're going to put these in the buckets and we're going to worship together. We're going to celebrate what God's doing among us. And I want to invite you into that uh, every step of the way. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what's about to happen. You're going to see, I'm going to pray in a minute. Keep these in mind. This is a test to see if you can follow directions, okay? I'm going to pray in a minute and then we're going to have children come through the doors because I believe children get to lead the way. The nature of heaven is that children, a little child shall lead them. So we're going to have our children lead the way in just a moment. They're going to come. They've been saving up money in these little banks we gave them. And they're going to come and put their offerings in the boxes or on the stage. And they're going to lead the way for us. And then the band's going to be playing a song. And as they, as they play this song, I just, want you to, I just want you to be there. You can stand for it. But I just want you to be there and listen and worship. There's some videos we're going to play in this song that I think will move your heart. And once those videos are done, then we're going to come up and give our offerings. And Josh will lead you in that process of how that's going to work. All right? When you come out to give your offering, just one last word. Just to avoid traffic jams and, and crashes and things, would you, when, you're, when you're ready to come out to give your offering, there's buckets in, each, you know, in front of each section. Just leave your section to the right and come up this way and then go back to your section on the left and circle back around. It's the best traffic flow we've found. Good? Is that understandable? Okay, prayer, children, song, video, make our commitments. That's a lot. All right, let me pray for us together. Father in heaven, we love you. We're so excited that you are working in our heart and in our church to do some of these things. Lord, there are some great projects that we're trying to do. And I'm grateful that we get to do them. I'm I'm grateful that you've led us down this path uh, toward this direction to, uh, to, to pick out these projects. I'm grateful for all that stuff, Lord. And I pray that you would multiply our gifts and you would do amazing things through our gifts and we would see the world change through these projects that we're doing. But Lord, before all of that happens, I just pray for our heart. I pray that every one of us, each one of us as an individual, all of us together as your church, that this would be true of us, that we would live out just humble mercy. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we celebrate together what you're doing among us, beginning with our children. Thank you. Amen.